today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Surprise announcement, maybe not, by President Joe Biden yesterday, uh, announcing a troop withdrawal. As a matter of fact, getting all American troops out of Afghanistan. Uh, and he set a, a deadline for this, too. It's, well, the anniversary of 9-11, September 11th of this year, uh, is when he wants to see the troops out of there. Not the first president uh, to make this promise in the last 20 years. It's been that long since the United States has been involved in Afghanistan. But uh, the first one to actually say that this is going to happen stages and actually set some timelines for this as well. Uh, Sagar Magani's got the details of the announcement. Standing in the same spot where George W. Bush announced the start of the war in October 2001. It's time to end the forever war. The president announcing all 2,500 U.S. troops will be out of Afghanistan by September 11th, the 20th anniversary of the attacks that sent American forces there, 10 years after Osama bin Laden's death. Our reasons for remaining in Afghanistan become increasingly unclear, even as the terrorist threat that we went to fight evolved. The president says the U.S. must fight the battles of the next 20 years, not the last 20. Sagar Magani, Washington. Uh, not everybody's in favor of this. Uh, there's a lot of pushback, as, as you might expect. Some of it's partisan, to be sure. But uh, joining us to talk about this is uh, Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University, uh, specializing in uh, American politics. Elliot, always a pleasure. Hope you're doing well these days. Oh, good morning, Bill. And actually, I taught Asia <laughs> at Carleton for, for uh, half a century or so. So this is very much uh, in my wheelhouse. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. There's an old phrase I know that you've heard it before too from uh, the Afghan people that uh, something like this, like because uh, this is not the first time there's been an, an incursion into that country uh, and they're leaving. Uh, and there's an argument to be made as to whether or not uh, they were successful in in their their endeavor here. Uh, I think the phrase goes something like, uh, "You may have all the clocks, but we have the time." In other words, anybody that's going to invade this, we'll just wait you out. And that seems to be what's happening here. Uh, is 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 the concern here that, that the Americans said 20 years ago? Has it been eradicated? I mean, Al-Qaeda is still around. Is, is this the right time to be doing this withdrawal? I think the standard phrase, or one that I would remind people about Afghanistan, is it's been called the graveyard of empires. Yep. Uh, this is a long, long tradition within, within that country. It, it was founded, we should remind ourselves, as, as we currently know it, in 1747 uh, by Ahmad Shah Durrani, who was at that point uh, leading janissaries, protecting the throne of Persia, a big empire. Uh, when it weakened, he took the golden peacock throne and decamped to Kabul with the treasury, founded a new state. Uh, this has been a, a state which is a buffer zone between high-power regions all around it. And as long as you leave it alone, it, uh, it carries on in its own fitful fashion. But uh, if you're unwise enough to wander in, there's a penalty to be paid. This is The British had at the peak of their influence, when they were really on the march in South Asia in particular, had three Afghan wars and failed to conquer uh, Afghanistan. And then the, the Soviets came in, and they were the Soviets at that point. Uh, uh, well, we should stick in one little historical note. In 1973, what was the tenuous stability of Afghanistan was, um, was shattered, in a sense, because the king who was empowered and it had been a monarchy under Patans since its founding was overthrown. So King Zahir Shah, and there's been nonstop fighting ever since. And in 1979, at the end of December, the Soviets decided it was their turn to invade. Uh, they, they had 
been supporting parties which came to power, and the more and more effort was put into uh, saving their people there, uh, their influence. So the power, the struggle for influence in there has gone on a long time. The Soviets were there uh, for ten years, and they lost. They occupied the whole country in days and lost, you know, thousands of troops and. They they poured everything the Soviet Union could, and I think a lot of credit is being given for their failure. They were driven out uh, for the actual collapse later of the Soviet Union, now becoming Russia. And, and of course, we remember the political fallout from that, too. Of course, uh, Jimmy Carter was the president at the time, and, of course, the, the United States decided to boycott the, the Olympics, uh, much to the chagrin of, of the Soviets at that point. Uh, and, and there were some huge ramifications about that politically and otherwise for the last little while. Uh, the justification uh, for for going in there this time, of course, was certainly 9-11 and, and, and the assault on America uh, and, and the, the conclusion, rightfully so, that uh, Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden were responsible for this. Uh, but as with everybody else, Elliot, once they get into there, once they, they, they set up base uh, in Kabul or wherever else they were, with the, the, the coalition, and it was a coalition back in those days, uh, there were so many subplots to what's going on. It wasn't just Al-Qaeda. There were so many other things that were happening uh, that, that had an impact on this. And, and you have to ask yourself, I guess, you know, do you call this a successful enterprise, a mission? Yes, they got bin Laden, but, uh, but has anything changed a whole lot in the last 20 years other than that? Uh, this is... Um... This is a sad chapter because what we know about Afghanistan is that it has had perpetual war, invasion by outsiders, the taking up of, of residents of terrorist groups, as you pointed out, uh, Osama bin Laden and others are there. Now the Islamic State is now competing <laughs> with the Taliban to show who, which group is the, is the worst at you know, killing civilians and destabilizing the country. We have a situation where this was also, we have to remind ourselves, Canada's longest war. It's not just America's longest war. Uh, the longest and largest deployment of Canadian troops took place there. We were part of the initial coalition, um, which was, by the way, also a NATO first time uh, Article 5, an attack on one, attack on all, after 9-11, led to a NATO major element of this this conflict this long running conflict historically it's the only time it ever did happen isn't it yes the only once uh, and only for america <laughs> so yeah but uh, as a result we we you know we have our highway of heroes 158 yep. killed and then thousands more uh, injured and maimed one way or another we had upwards of 40,000 forces there over from 2001 to 2014 so this is very much a Canadian story as well. We've invested, Canada has invested in the humanitarian side since then. What about the women who were so oppressed under the Taliban when they were in power? And what about uh, you know, children going to school? What about all the, all the various humanitarian side? Canada is deeply invested in Afghanistan, as is uh, the United States and others. There were no good choices, I think, for Joe Biden. He, uh, he takes it personally, Bill. He, you know, his son was a soldier who fought. Mm -hmm. and, and somebody's attributed to him the phrase, I'm not sure it's accurate, that, you know, why should our people go and die so girls could go to school? That's a very blunt and heartless way to put it. Essentially, uh, I think he's trying to clear the decks. This is made, he's made this clear. That we are now getting out of this forever war. We are going to do our best to essentially put up um, 
I hate to say the word facade, but there's a lot of elements now. Oh, we're going to have an international conference, and the Taliban are agreeing to a power share. There's no indication the Taliban are willing to power share. So the current government under Ashraf Ghani, which was elected, and he's a highly capable leader, uh, basically was was really slapped around by Tony Blinken, uh, the Secretary of State for the United States, saying, you've got to accept the way we have structured it. You've got to share power. Give up your elected position to share power with the Taliban. We're leaving. We're going. So you better listen to us. We're leaving whether you agree with us or not. And America's out. It's gone. Elliot, what happens, though? I mean, I know some people have drawn the parallel with this in Vietnam, 1975, when the United States uh, finally got out of there. And that, that was a, a horrific show, of course, everybody trying to get out of their helicopters on the rooftops of the embassy, trying to get people out of there on time. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the North Vietnamese simply assumed the country, and, and Ho Chi Minh uh, and, and everyone else got what they wanted in the long term. Is there a concern here and a legitimate concern that if the U.S. does fall, do this by September the 11th, that things just go back to the way they were in Afghanistan before that, yes. in other words, 21 years ago? Yes, there is, there is indeed. The, uh, in the announcement, uh, Joe Biden said, well, we're going to continue to support the armed forces of Afghanistan, but it's not at all clear what that means. A training role of some kind, but not without any American forces on the ground. Yes, nobody really knows what's going to happen next, but the best single guess is the Taliban uh, will see this correctly, uh, having driven out this round of foreigners. You know, we, we've driven out every foreigner, uh, the foreign force that's come our way. We have won. America has lost. They're putting it in those terms now. They will be less inclined to power share with the, the Ashraf Ghani government, the elected government, the civilian government. The possibility of descent back into warlordism, which is what happened when the Russians left, the Soviets left, the warlord coalition that was put together by America then fought among itself to the detriment of the country. The Taliban came in as saviors from Pakistan. They were incorruptible. They brought order. They brought peace. And then, of course, they brought you know their kind of rule, and they brought al-Qaeda. We are in a situation where uh, the forces all around this buffer state are now going to say, we have to do something. So India and Pakistan are going to be big factors, although totally out of our purview, things that we don't see. But Iran is in, uh, very much involved. Russia is very, uh, very... Um, Watching this carefully, what is they're going to, what role will they have? There's also oil and gas pipelines, just to add to the complication. The Hazara, the uh, Shia minority there, is likely to pay a cost. The possibility exists of a return to a very chaotic situation, and only the Afghan people will end up suffering as a result. Well, and, and you know, that means internal conflict, as you say, warlord against warlord, and, and all the warlords against the government. And you have to wonder about the long-term viability of what's going to go on the day that they leave, as of September 12th, I guess, uh, later on this year. Uh, is this going to increase the threat? Uh, uh, let's look at where we were 20 years ago, right after 9-11. And, and as you mentioned, NATO was part of the, the, the response to this, simply saying we have to do something about al-Qaeda. Uh, has there been a, a change or a, a readjustment as to what terrorism is these days, uh, as, a, as opposed to what al-Qaeda has done? I mean, we're looking at cyber terrorism and a number of other things that are going on right now. Uh, we look at Iran as, as the, the basis for that maybe more than Afghanistan 
these days. That seems to be the U.S. focus now uh, as to what's going on in the immediate threat. Is is that why, is, in their mind, from a State Department and foreign affairs perspective, is is the, the threat in Afghanistan diminished in their minds? Well, I think first things first, it's unlikely the Taliban are going to welcome in any force like al-Qaeda. I think al-Qaeda has been there all along, and I, I suspect yeah. strongly they're still cooperating the Taliban and al-Qaeda. There's not a great deal of difference between them in ideology and in goals. But it's highly unlikely the Taliban will jeopardize their own existence again uh, to accommodate an attack on America, which is what America says this is all about. So it's whatever happens, as long as we're not attacked anymore, that's what our goal was in Afghanistan initially. Uh, but after that, uh, uh, we don't know. I think I, to address your point here, America under Joe Biden is trying to clear the decks in order mm-hmm. to confront uh, and two things, in order to confront China. And this is uh, the hope that <laughs> previous presidents have been, you know, we're going to pivot to Asia, but you get stuck in the Middle East. Iran is a case in point. Uh, we don't know how that's going to work out. But basically, uh, Joe Biden wants to clear the decks so he can pivot uh, to putting America's resources, as you suggested, into other types of concerns like cyber warfare, but also primarily in dealing with, with um, China and also with Russia and, you know, North Korea and Iran uh, as well. Uh, domestically, he needs to shake free of these costly adventures in order to have the money at home to deal with reconstructing America. I've, I've been calling this the Biden restoration. He wants to restore America at home in order, among other things, to restore America abroad. And I think that's the context for what this announcement uh, portends. That's a, a very interesting perspective on this. I mean, no matter what any president is, is going to promise, it, it takes money. Uh, and and the, he's even learned to pivot about that. I mean, you know, the, the mantra with Donald Trump, of course, was America first. Uh, what Biden was talking about yesterday was Americans first. In other words, I want to make sure that the people here are looked after. Uh, it's not so much to make sure that we're the top dog on the international scene, uh, but there's a way to do that as well. But if, first of all, you know, he wants to look after, which means stop spending money over there. Let's start spending money here at home to try to bring their economy back and get people employed again. Uh, but I, I get the sense that, and I think your point's well taken, Elliot. Uh, I think Biden administration right now is laser focused on China. Uh, not on Afghanistan, and and that's where they want to direct their energies. Yeah, clear the decks. We have, we've we've got to refocus America's energies at home and abroad. Uh, Afghanistan is in the way of that, so we're we're getting out of that. We're we're going to close that chapter and uh, move on. Uh, Popularity, which always matters. I mean, you know, not just about re-election, but you know, for, to make sure that that some of these policies can be enacted upon in in the Congress and in the Senate. Uh, I, this this polling I've seen on this, the, the majority of Americans are in favor of this. I mean, they want Biden uh, to get the troops out of there. They want them to come home in situations. I know there's going to be some pushback from some people in the Pentagon, and and not unusually, you know, people like Lindsey Graham and others are saying this is a bad mistake. But that that smacks much more of partisan politics, I think, than than policy, doesn't it? It's a plausible point to say that he's jeopardizing America's security by a precipitous withdrawal from a situation which is not stable in Afghanistan. It is a plausible, arguable uh, security viewpoint on what this, uh, what this hard deadline means, keeping in mind there was no conditionality at all. We're leaving. It's not if you stop, if you have a ceasefire, if you give up the idea of of coming to power only by force and actually agree to a 
a coalition power-sharing government, which leads to an election, which was the, is the formal plan. There's going to be power-sharing, and then there's going to be an election. There's going to be a regional conference involving all the major powers around surrounding Afghanistan. All of that on paper is very plausible, but it doesn't fit with what we know of Taliban behavior. And Taliban behavior, in turn, uh, arguably is going to lead to an ongoing security threat to America. It's not, I don't think, strictly partisan. Obviously, anything Biden proposes, the Republicans are likely to oppose. But mm-hmm. this has been, an, this has been a, a deep engagement over, as Biden said, four presidents, two of them Republicans. So I, I don't think it's only partisan. I think it's an, an argument that can be made. Is there anything that could happen between now and then which would delay this? Right now, uh, the, the real deal that has been going on right now, and it started under Donald Trump and was carried forward, there's continuity between these two uh, unlikely presidents, was that if the Taliban stops killing Americans uh, on the ground in Afghanistan, they can go ahead, you know, there's, there's no ceasefire, there's no cessation of violence by the Taliban. They've accelerated it, actually. Uh, in, in recent times, and we're into what would normally be the springtime offensive. But, but the deal was, don't kill Americans, and we'll get out. And that's really the essence of the deal then and now. Yes, if uh, if suddenly there's major attacks on American forces there, that could change the equation. Which I'm sure they're aware of, too. They may just want to phrase, hold their powder until September 12th, I guess. But, that, but uh, Islamic State and other unsavory elements are, are wandering around as well. Exactly. Very volatile situation. Elliot, great to get your perspective on this. Thanks uh, for spending some time with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. This is Remember, Canada's been deeply involved in this as well, and it's a situation to watch. Absolutely. Thanks again. Elliot Tepper, of course, uh, America's professor of political science at Carleton University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.